0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 30 of the Ton Tit New Podcast. And in conjunction with Mental Health Awareness Week, today's topic is going to be about mental health. Now, what exactly about mental health? You'll find out as the podcast goes on. But before we get into like the meat and drink of it, just a quick plug or shout out to Bouncing Board, whose episode this week, which just released, is also about mental health awareness. I'll be featuring on that episode with three other great panelists where we'll be talking about all things mental health, about how we're feeling, how mental health is dealt with among the younger generation, what we would like the older generation to learn, and generally talk about how we've coped with our issues and struggles in this day and age. I highly recommend that you all watch it. The link will be in the description. And yeah, subscribe to Bouncing Board. Give them a like. Give them a follow. Just like you... If you like our content, you surely like their content as well. As we both, like, we both strive to have meaningful connections and just put out content regularly for you guys to enjoy. So with that being said, let's move on to like, the main topic of today, which is mental health. And I think mental health is very important because what mental health looks like differs from person to person. It's different for every individual. So let's start with you, Kishore. What do you feel mental health is to you?
1: Right. So in my personal opinion, I feel that mental health is basically just the state that you're in uh, mentally. Uh, Of course, you can have very different physical states, which is just whether your body is in a well-kept condition or not. But mentally, states can vary uh, from time to time. Uh, sometimes they have a more permanent effect on you and sometimes they have a very short-term effect on you. Uh, So that's my definition of mental health in general, you know. It's like, and I can't believe that in today's day and age, there are still people who refute that mental health is part of, you know, regular, like isn't part of regular health, which is absolutely it is. Uh, There is no exception to that. Because a person's mental health is just as valuable as their physical health. And I stand by that point.
0: Okay, and uh, we, have, we have another guest on today, actually. We've got Rainket back. You all have heard him from our previous Conspiracy Theories episodes and also the episode about GameStop. So, Rainket, what do you feel mental health is, in your opinion?
2: Mental health is just a state of well-being Mentally, of course. I mean, that's what mental health literally describes. Mental health is just like your physical health. Both are related and can never be separated. Mental health is just a state of your mental well-being.
0: Yeah, I think you can... You, like, I would agree with both, what both of you are saying. It's like a very apt description of what it is. Because personally, I feel that mental health... Yes, it's a state of emotional well-being, but also it's like, it's like a sort of metric to describe how emotionally capable you are at a given time. Because personally to me, I'm someone who believes that mental health can fluctuate. Like just because you may be okay today, you may not feel okay tomorrow. And the situation changes depending on a lot of external factors. And I think that again, is something that varies from person to person. It can be very different. Because mental health, mental health problems can look like having anxiety, having depression, having an eating disorder or a sleeping disorder, but it, but it doesn't have to be severe. And mental health can affect anyone in any way, shape or form, no matter how severe or no matter how light it may seem, everybody has an issue. And Kishore or Venkia, like any one of you, like what are the issues that you guys have faced with mental health in your lives?
1: Okay, I don't want to beat around the bush, here, but I think it's pretty obvious that I am very, very self-deprivative. I have an incredibly low self-esteem. It's lower than the Mariana Trench. Um, it's so far buried deep underground that I think even fossils uh, are an easier find for archaeologists than my self-esteem. That's how That's how deep I've gone under that rabbit hole you know
0: <clears throat> the fact that the descriptions are so fast already tells you everything you need to know doesn't it good god <laughs> but
1: but yeah but like in all seriousness yes i am incredibly self-depriative uh and it's not by fault it's by design uh Ooh. in a very logical set because uh i think everyone of us, like all three of us, has uh, our own level of uh, ego, I guess. And all of our egos represent a certain guideline that we all follow, right? So, based on my personality and my view of, based on like all of my past experiences and shit, um, my self esteem deprivation is logical to me. You know, it's not something bad to me. I have self-deprived myself so much. My self-esteem has become so low to the point that it actually becomes normal for me. I literally cannot call myself good-looking because I know myself as bad-looking. That's how low I've stooped, And for me, it feels completely fine. It feels euphoric knowing that I'm ugly, you know? And it feels disgusting when someone thinks that I'm good-looking. That's how
2: bad it's, it's become for me. So, Kisho, uh, what do you mean when you say that you feel euphoric when people call you ugly and you feel disgusted when people say you're handsome?
1: Well, because for me, my logic, my reality has been moulded in that sense, you know? When you've endured so much of the same insults every single day, that it goes to a point of no return. And, you know, it's something like a reverse Stockholm syndrome where, not a reverse Stockholm syndrome, just like a Stockholm syndrome that's being applied to something other than an abuser, you know? Like, I've been abused uh, verbally for so long that I've come to terms with it, and it's become a norm for me. self deprivation is my way of life, you know? Yeah, but And I can't stand here, it when someone calls are, me good-looking.
2: Yeah, here you are talking about it. So, the first step towards solving a problem is acknowledging you actually have a problem. So well, know, oh, the problem is,
1: is I don't acknowledge it because it's not a problem for me. Yeah, it sounds no- ridiculous to others, but
2: it's a norm for me. Okay, it's a norm for you, but you also, you 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 chose this issue to talk about, okay? So, it's obvious that you can acknowledge that it is, in some sense, a problem. Even though you you feel like it's normal. From an
1: outsider's perspective, yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's unusual. Yes, it's unusual. I agree with that. Okay, so Kisho, you know it's unusual and you chose this topic to talk about. So, uh, I think that that's also a main point of uh, about what how, how people should approach their problems because... You need to actually acknowledge you have a problem before you can start solving it.
1: Well, let me paint it to you this way, right? From a perspective of an outsider, from a perspective of a person who's not me, right? This is a genuine problem. From my own perspective, this is completely fine. Do you see how messed up it's become?
2: (laughs) The dog in the burning house saying this is fine. Yes, exactly. When other people
1: are watching the house being burned down with the dog in it.
0: Okay, let me try to take this to like a different tangent. When did you like suddenly decide that this is fine?
1: I think it wasn't too long ago because I've been verbally abused for many, many years by friends, teachers, work colleagues, uh, my own parents, um, and I rarely got compliments. Because of that, I just kind of, you know, deviated towards that direction of self-deprivation, like lowering my self-esteem so much. And then I think the nail in the coffin was when COVID, I know this this is going to be a pivot point for a lot of people, but yes, when social distancing happened and when I stopped interacting with other human beings, which I don't know, I felt... Uh, actually, self
0: depreciation. depreciation. Yeah, yeah. oh. Self deprivation is like, actually, okay, maybe if you think about it, it can apply because self deprivation yeah, is like you're depriving both. yourself of something. Your situation is weird in the sense that not only are you self depreciating by yourself by not letting you be allowed, like, you're self depreciating yourself by saying, like, your self esteem is bad, but you're also mm-hmm. depriving yourself from, like, being like happy when you get a compliment or something. Like, you tend to brush it off. Like, is that yeah. what you're saying?
1: yeah exactly so like okay and here's the thing right the nail in the coffin for like your question of when uh did i decide this was like when covid hit and when everyone entered social distancing mode it didn't feel foreign to me you know because i was a loner before that and the more i you know was alone the more i realized how much like out of all of the verbal abuse that i've been through it finally just snapped in my head and like I just completely refuted the fact that I am any amount of good looking because I'm just not based on all of the past experience and weight that I've had, you know? That's when it happened. When I was in that isolation horror, I guess.
0: So I guess you could say that yes, you did acknowledge the problem but it got to a point where you started to accept whatever people were saying as a fact. And in all honesty, like, I don't blame you because that is what the majority is saying. But don't mm-hmm. you think it's, like, harmful to your, like, self-esteem in the long term? Like, well, like yeah, how do it is. you accept that you're, like, I,
1: I don't know how to put this, but... I think this is something that really is hard to answer because how does a person with Stockholm syndrome, for those of you who don't know, Stockholm syndrome is when someone who is being abused suddenly falls in love with the abuser. It's
0: and like, it, it's you like you can the apply anime that anime
1: we talked about a few weeks back. <laughs> yeah. It, like try and picture me in this situation, right? I've been abused so like verbally abused about my appearance for so long. That it's gotten to the point that now I'm, I'm numb. I'm not even numb to it, that I
0: find it aesthetic, you know? No, I mean, like, I that get, like, if you, if you, if you accept it as a fact, I get it. But, like, the fact that you, like, take it as a compliment?
1: It's not even a compliment. It's just, like, a mandatory response, you know?
0: So, you it's sort like, of when I ask someone, people, it's like, yeah. It's like, it's like oh, you should Keisha, call or, me ugly. Oh, or, or, you're funny. Like oh, or, or, you're like you're smart. You're a good person. Like oh, you're so and so. Like yeah, it, sort it should of be like so. Like,
1: oh, you're ugly. Yeah, you know. Like that but, should be the standard here. Like you know that that's that's what's become of me.
0: I don't know. It's weird because on one hand you don't want to condone people accepting these like negative statements, statements themselves and turning it into a positive thing. Because I would say that, I wouldn't say you're alone in this, but like it's not something that people commonly talk about. I think, has yeah. anyone else told you the same thing? I guess not, right? No,
1: I think I'm the first person. Who, who, uh, no, 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 no. I'm definitely not the first person. But I think I'm the only person who knows someone like myself who's been self deprived so many times that it suddenly becomes a, a, more of a compliment than an insult. Would you say it's a way of coping? No. Because, again, the caveat to this is your self-esteem goes down the drain. So it's definitely not a way of coping. And the only reason why I don't feel the caveat is because currently we are still in lockdown mode. We're still social distancing and I've never been outside for more than a year. So I've never had anyone tell me that my appearance looks like
0: shit. Which, Which, you know, yeah. But what about any other kind of negative comments that you are not used to hearing like someone if someone tell, if someone were to call you stupid if you couldn't do something like how would you react to that
1: well i'm well i to be honest it's it's not it would just be funny to me because i like satire and someone calling me stupid because i can't do something i'll just think that it's a joke I just can't take it seriously. Cause if you're mad at me because I can't do something, that's really on you. <laughs> mm.
0: Okay, so like I guess I guess it's helpful because like your mindset is already as such. Where mm-hmm. your default is to look at look at what people say is a joke, or you just don't take people seriously. Like it's on them. Like it's their opinions who like yeah. are ignorant, or it's their I'm opinions for thick skinned. I guess, mm. yeah. I'm really so thick-skinned. I'm very egotistical
1: and thick-skinned.
0: So in a way, that you're fortunate in the sense that you have that. Law. So if, let's say, any criticism were you to come your way, you're able to deflect that. And I think that's one example of, like, maybe you could say how mental health issues, if you're able to come out of it, you're able to get past that, you come out stronger for the experience. hmm
2: Yeah. Okay, I just want to refute Kisho's point about it not being a coping mechanism because to me, an outsider's perspective, uh, Kisho already accepted that he's ugly as his reality, okay? And that is sort of a coping mechanism because let's face it, it's just like Stockholm Syndrome. Why would you fall in love with your captor? To you, it seems perfectly normal because the abuser is also the one giving you attention, giving affection. And they're the only they're the only, only way out of this suffering and pain for, for them because Stockholm Syndrome is normally used for kidnapping cases. Uh, Kisho has a different case, similar but different. So for Kisho accepting that he's ugly as his reality is just a coping mechanism. Just like how people who have different outcomes uh, When people don't fit in, they tend to develop mechanisms that help them either defend themselves or cope with the problem. Let's say a book nerd, they always get criticized for their looks, for their skin, their glasses, their hairstyles, their clothes, their books, anything. They have two paths that they normally take. One is to ignore them and just move on because they already accepted that that's the way they will be and they won't be changing it. The second one is to develop either comedy or satire or some other forms of defense mechanisms to help them ward off the insults, the petty comments and whatnot. So I still think, Kisho, this is a way of you coping with your problem.
1: No, you see, that's the thing, right? I would, I would agree with you if it weren't for the fact that my personal opinion of myself is also that I do not look good.
2: Yeah, So, okay. in Maybe, a sense,
1: I... I'm being more selfish than using it as a coping mechanism, you know? What do you mean, selfish? As in, I, myself, and I'm agreeing to that. Like, I'm not agreeing that other people are calling me ugly and i'm using that as a coping mechanism but i myself know that i'm ugly when i look in the mirror all i see is you know not an attractive person so i'm not coping to what others are saying i'm literally you know using that as my own logic my own point it's just literally the way that i look at myself only amplified by what other people uh, are saying. So it can't really be said
2: as a coping mechanism because I'm not coping anything, you know? which point did you just start looking in the mirror and just think, wow, there's one ugly person right there? What's it doing? Oh, I've
1: always me? not seen myself as attractive at all. Because if I was attractive, I would have had, you know, a lot more experience yeah. with, you know,
2: yeah. A lot of people. Find themselves not attractive in the mirror. Even the celebrities sometimes just have off days, okay? Or maybe they, maybe, maybe it's just for you, it's just an off day every day. But at what point did you start thinking from not attractive into ugly?
1: Oh no, it's always been the same meaning for me.
2: Yeah, because see, I have the same problem, okay, similar problem as you. I can look in the mirror, and sometimes I might think to myself, I might be possible today. Okay. But most times I just look at myself and I think, why make an effort? I'm just going to still look unattractive anyway. Unattractive and mm-hmm. ugly mean the same thing to me. So why does it mean the same thing for you?
1: Because that's just the state that I'm in. You know, I'm both unattractive and I am ugly. Either way, people are not going to get attracted to my looks, which okay. means. Because so the outcome is different. It doesn't really matter the terminology that we're using here.
2: So you have already equated the term unattractive yeah. to
1: ugly. To ugly. To literally any other insulting word that you can say about my appearance. It doesn't matter. The point remains. I am not attractive to another person. That's it.
2: You are not physically attractive, okay? But your personality... Mm-hmm. Is, I've known you for... Ah, before. come on. We don't yes. need any
1: cliche advice here.
2: <laughs> yeah, you don't need any cliche advice. I'm just going to tell you. Because you... To me, like, you are quite charismatic. But you yourself don't think so.
1: I wouldn't say that I don't think... No, my personality is completely different from my looks. Like, from an outside outside perspective, yeah... I know that I don't look good, but like from my personality perspective, I've had different opinions about that. You know, some people really like me for who I am. Some people really don't like me. You know, I think I like myself. So as long as I like myself, that's good, you know, but well, the part, there's one part of liking myself, which also includes my appearance, you know, and I like my appearance, which is, you know, being ugly and shit. That's the problem. I, from an outsider's <laughs> perspective. Kisho, I have
0: a, I have a question. Mm -hmm. do you i mean for one thing you say that you're someone who is like a shut-in you're like basically already a loner before lockdown hit and now that we are like in a pandemic even more so don't you think that your opinion is also being shaped by the fact that you limit yourself to a certain peer group like what would you say about the types of people that you are around to the types of people that I'm around. Everyone is
1: entitled to their own opinion, you know? If everyone thinks that I don't look good, then, well, you know? No, but that's the thing because
0: it depends. Like, if you're in a very diverse environment, because oftentimes a lot of people, right, they tend to mix with people who have similar shared opinions, they have similar shared experiences, they were brought up the same way, in the same environment, and because of that, they all tend to formulate the same opinions. But because you haven't been out there, maybe this is what has shaped your opinion. Because you know that the, when you call someone unattractive, right, it's because you don't find them aesthetically pleasing. Because like in said, being unattractive and being ugly is two different things. And I don't think anybody is like inherently ugly because like, there are bound to be a lot of people with different features that you have. And ev- every person finds different features of a person physically uh, physically appealing or physically like attractive like that's very subjective so I was just wondering like is it because like you're around people who have similar opinions and have similar shared experiences that cause them to think this way and their opinions have informed your own measure of your self-worth because these people think you're unattractive therefore you must be unattractive all the while without knowing that there are a group of people out there who do think that your features are aesthetically pleasing, who do think that you look good. Because let's be honest, I don't think every single person in this world would go out and say that you're ugly. Like, there has to be people. Like, I don't want to come off as sounding cliche, but like, it's, it's the no, way you're the right. world works. Like,
1: you're right, like even, because I've mm-hmm. encountered someone. I know that you've, you know this, but yes, I've even encountered someone who's liked the way that I look. It's just that it's very hard for me to cope with that, you know, knowing that there's someone out there who actually likes the way that I look. Now that is something that I need a coping mechanism for because I'm not used to that, you know,
0: but I guess in your case, it's more of like just needing to develop a growth mindset love because one because for now, like I think like personally you're in this you at a stage where you're gonna move on to university somewhere else soon and being in a different environment might help but with regards to the current problem i think like i guess it's good that you can cope with what people are saying but i don't think you should keep holding it to yourself that you're inherently ugly because who really is i'm open i'm open
1: to change i'm open to change it just really depends when and who specifically
0: you know Mm -hmm. Okay, um, Renke, do you have anything to add on that, or?
2: Not really. I think you guys covered all the bases.
0: Right. So, let's move on to you, Renkia. What do you have to
2: share? Hmm. I would think you—you know—just uh, I think we were talking about it just now. Mental health. You you can be healthy all the time, okay? You have you bound to have up and downs. So just like your physical health, you may be a CrossFit trainer. You may be a pro athlete. But just sometimes, unexpectedly, a heart attack can occur. You can get a aneurysm. You can just sit down and twist your ankle for no reason. So anything can happen at any time. And some people think that mental health is just uh, two extremes. You're either okay or you're not. That's it. But I think it, a point that you touched on just now, like it's up and down. Mental health fluctuates every day. So it depends on external factors, the environment and whatnot. And you also talked about the environment that people grow up in. Just like me, okay? Take me for example. When I was younger, I used to be what you guys call abnormal. I didn't fit in anywhere. And in my primary school, I was always the outcast. No friend groups, no close friends, not even an acquaintance that I can ask homework about. If I miss a day, I have to contact each teacher on huh. Yeah, I have to I have to contact each teacher separately to get the homework list. It may not sound like a big thing, but imagine living all six years of your primary life just alone, and just just reading books to pass the day, doing homework, and that's it. You do you go to school, you listen to the teachers drone on and on about the same things. You do your homework, you read some books, and then you come back. That's it. That that's school life. I don't think a lot of people went through what I did. Or similar ways, huh? because from what I see, everybody has their own friend groups. Even groups of friends like two or three, only you and Kisho. How when did you guys meet? Um, this
0: that's a very long story that I think we yeah we shouldn't with. get yeah. yeah.
1: But, uh, <laughs> we
0: my, I'll talk about I'll talk about that when I get to like when I talk about my experiences that actually yeah. has a lot to do with my mental health as well. Believe it or not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Oh just, God. The point is that everybody has a friend since childhood. Okay, some somebody they can trust, somebody they can talk to, somebody you can just goof off with. I don't think I had any of that. You can ask anybody in our previous class, in our previous classes, all my classmates. They don't know me because for from one and from two, I was absent for other reasons. And I didn't really get into any groups at all. Even now in college, I'm still struggling to make any connections. Because in college. No,
0: I no, I, I do I do hear you, because like I can somewhat relate to some extent. But I guess like what you're saying sounds like really bad because it's to a point where like since childhood, you don't have that like. Peer group or someone to fit in, but See, I want to ask: like, how did you because, feel during yeah. that moment? Like, when you think about it, and like, what did you, you try anything to try and get into a peer group at that moment uh, in those moments?
2: Do you mean like just sit down and think about this problem? Yeah, like, did you ever at any point? Hmm. Uh. Yes, because as a kid, I had a lot of free time on my hands, and uh, it was either contemplating. Um, something I'd rather not say and uh, just sitting down and thinking about nothing in particular. So yes, I had a lot of time to think about it. And I did, uh, yeah, I did try to change it. I just get into a friend group. But at that point, it's because, you know, you know in uh, secondary school, everybody knows each other from primary school, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. But I guess I could relate to you because I only, when I came to, like, uh, our secondary school, I didn't, I only knew, like, two people. And one of the, one of those people, like, was not in the same class as I was. And even then, it was still very difficult to make make friends. But of course, somehow, you sort of manage and you, like, theoretically, you sort of make friends, you sort of talk to people, you interact with them through like group projects
2: and you somehow make these connections. But how was it for you? Okay, for you, maybe you guys can... Uh, okay, it's just you can work together on projects and stuff and then you can make friends, right? So that that's how you managed to survive until now. But for me, because when I was a, when I was a kid, I didn't know how to do these things. So I was mostly alone, and even in the group projects, I always requested to be alone, because okay, see you, you know, you know how we had a lot of group projects when we were in primary school, right? Like you had to design a poster, you have designs, mm-hmm. uh, compact. Oh, what's, what's the book called? It's, it's like a it's like a project where I had to research other countries, uh, stuff like maybe their types of buildings.
1: Portfolio.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was it's something in geography. Anyway, I was supposed to do a group project, but uh the other kids ousted me because I was apparently hard to work with. Which I won't blame them because since uh primary school, like the the very beginning of primary school, even in kindergarten, I didn't know how to interact with the others and I just sat by myself. So it's sort of a social skill not developing properly at a childhood age, in childhood.
0: Let me ask you another question. Was there ever any point where you felt like you had the friends you needed or you were in like a social group that you felt not completely accepted, but at least somewhat accepted?
2: Not at all. Okay, wait, wait. Somewhat accepted then? Yeah, somewhat accepted like possible. Okay, see, uh, when I came back to Malaysia in Form 3, I was sorted into the class of 3D. And you guys were in class... What was your class again? Kishore was SM3. in 3D as well. Yeah. I was in SM3. I was yeah. in... Yeah. The
0: same class, That's how Kishore... I met you. It was weird. You know, okay, I mean, a bit off tangent, but like, remember remember the, remember the day when I met you? It was literally because both of us were, like, essentially loners because I was late for class. My friend group had ditched me that day. And you were apparently the only kid who, like, didn't have a friend. And we sort of connected over getting shouted at by, by uh, Puan Aziza for trying to get a chair
2: extra chair into the classroom. Uh, no, I actually don't remember anybody. Because it, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. I remember now. The first day of Form 3, I was sorted into your class. I remember yeah. now. Yeah, okay, firstly, I was sorted into your class, but after that, the teacher thought I was too dumb and sent me off to 3D. Yeah, because apparently they thought you didn't know how to speak Malay. Okay, okay. um, My weakness aside,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. there, there uh, there was a point because when I was in 3D, I didn't really fit in and the teacher sorted me into a group full of girls who I didn't get along with. I don't think we need mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. do that. Right
1: we so, don't need to name names, but you know who you yeah. are if you're listening yeah. to this, don't which I mean, doubt, but yeah.
2: but Whatever. So uh, I started going over to SMG to hang out with you guys and I felt more at home there than I did in 3D. But it's a, it's a comparatively more at home, you know? Of course, like not completely at home, but somewhat accepted. Mm. So maybe like in three D, I was at a two or a three on a scale of ten, and maybe mm-hmm. in SM 3 a five or a six.
0: Mm-hmm. But at least like it Thank sounds, you. it sounds good that at least like you know that there are people out there that can fit in with you. But what what I'm wondering is like, until it, until you are able to get yourself into a peer group where you are like socially accepted, how do you? What is your coping mechanism, essentially?
2: I don't. I just make it a point not to associate myself with people who don't make an effort. Okay, to me, it's just like they don't want to make an effort to know me. I just keep to myself. That's it. I don't actually try to make any connections for fear of getting hurt. You you, you know, it's like like, uh, a guy who just was just stabbed in the back by his best friend and his girlfriend and then they get together. Then after that, the the guy is just hesitant about trusting anybody else. So it's it's sort of like a relationship PTSD. I tried, okay? I tried to get into friend groups. I tried to fit in. I tried to be normal. Whatever society determines that to be, a. I tried to be normal, but I just couldn't fit in because I don't know what normal is. I can't tell what other people are thinking. And I do know for sure that some people, Kisho, <clears throat> they... I will blast you. <laughs> okay, okay. Because Chi you guys were the group I hung out with, okay? You mm-hmm. and, and my other classmates. Huh? So... But then after that, you guys just started that rumor about me, and then you just spread the name. You know, you know how you kept calling me dog, cause I got beaten. <laughs> no
1: dog. god, no. I'm okay, I, I'm I missing guess
2: yeah. <laughs> we're missing a guest on the podcast today. Yeah, we're missing a guest
1: here. <laughs> if Mingzo was on, we, he'll know. You see, the thing is that that really. I w- I wasn't the one who started that you know you know well who's the one and also that yeah. was just a sign of affection by that individual it really okay. didn't got, get caught on you know
2: yeah yeah okay okay but I didn't see you tr- making any efforts to stop the, the the spreading you know and then it spread well, the way how gathers
1: okay no cuz the thing is right it's not the fact that I didn't make an effort to stop it. It's that everyone already had that opinion of you, you know. No. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. They did. <laughs> they did Why? because they knew you from primary school. They already knew who you were. They already had that opinion of you. <laughs> Nobody just
2: revealed it to you, you know. Okay. See, in that class, only I only only have. Uh what, five or six primary school classmates. And I don't think it's where it started because in primary school, I kept to myself. Why would there be any kind of negative opinions about well, me? But even if the- you
1: kept to yourself, people would know. I mean, you were a primary schooler, goddammit. You weren't self-aware.
2: <laughs> you make it sound like I'm some kind of embryo. When I was wandering through primary school and then I finally got born in secondary school. Well, aren't we all, uh... Well, no. in my
0: case, I wouldn't say I really grew well in secondary school. I think the time I spent away from secondary school was really helpful for my development. Either way... But I digress. Yes.
1: Yeah, either way, right? No matter what, I think I, I kind of get your point here. Because society refute, refuted you, you know... You are blaming society
2: on the way that you can't communicate other, with yeah, other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's my coping mechanism. Okay, I just blame society. Society, yeah.
1: that's A you, lot of people do that too.
2: Because it's just weird when you can't fit in and everybody seems to ostracize you. So you blame it on others and you don't really look for a solution in yourself.
0: But it goes both ways lah. I mean, for one thing, of course, like it's your opinion and that's how you see it and it's how you are perceiving how society is reacting. But there is also the chance of you improving yourself and trying to make yourself, uh, you know, fit in well, more with society. But on the other hand, it could just inherently be that your personality and the personalities of those people around you just don't mesh because even you've mentioned there are certain people that you can at least communicate better with and there are people who just outright reject you. And I get that because I think it's the same with everybody. I guess even like with, with uh, Kisho and me, like there was a time and place where like the reason why me and Kisho became friends like so late into, prim- into like secondary school was because a lot of people were actively, actively trying to push me away from being friends with a certain group of people and that was also... No, it was dumb, in
1: that group. Yeah.
0: What do you mean? That yeah, that's dumb. the thing. It was very dumb. But again, like... When you're in school... when you're like... These dynamics in public schools... Or like in private schools... I guess it happens every in any social setting. There are going to be like... Dominant forces... Within your peer groups... Trying to influence how other people think. Definitely.
2: Look at you, Kisho.
0: And here's
1: the harsh, harsh truth... And I can't believe that I'm about to reveal this. But the fact of the matter is, I distinctly remember Kiet actually wanted to be like me. Which, if we look at it right now, it's such a dumb, dumb comparison because I am literally the most mentally damaged person.
2: What do you mean, be like you? Kisho, here's here's something I have to input. Because I
0: Mm -hmm. know people in my class always say, wow, I wish I could be as charismatic as Kisho is. There are a few people. Okay, like here's the
1: thing, you know, like yeah, even Kiat had that opinion at one point. Like he he always wondered how like I could just resolve the conflict with another person, then the next day just act like nothing ever happened, you know, or like how I can always be socializing with other people when in fact I'm horrible at socializing with other people and I like being alone. I just did the reverse of what you did, Kiat you know, and that's why I caved a lot harder later on. I caved to society, I became a mold and I molded my personality around my surroundings, you know, like whatever happened at, like, around me, I would adapt to it incredibly quick and I would change my own personality, which is really bad because now I have no character. That's the side effect of when you keep trying to fit in. Rather than when you not fit in, you have your own character, and you're able to discover people who you can mesh with. Where with me, I can't because I don't know who are those people. You know, I don't have my own character, and only now, once I've reached a sense of maturity, am I actually able to start building my character, start to realize my flaws and my problems, and start to grow from them. You know, it's way too late, but. I still, we are all human, and we all need time to grow, and that's a message for all of you out there. By the way,
2: about it, it's just you have a different starting point. Also, that yeah, what you just said is also um technically one of my other coping mechanisms. You it's like, you you know there's something wrong with fitting in, okay? You you know that you just make yourself part of the sheep, part of the part yeah. of the flock, so so you can fit in. And graze alongside the other sheep. Just, just some. Or most of the times, I think I'm okay with this. Okay, I'm sitting in my house alone, like you know. But the house is not on fire. I'm just sitting alone, and I'm COVID, I'm okay with it. In primary school, I was okay with it. Right now, I'm still okay with it. But just sometimes there are moment of, mo- moments that of uh, moments in time, that I just sit and think, what would it be like to have actual friends that you can just sit around and do mindless stuff with trust me I've had I've had that thought too
0: as well I, but I think it's also something that a lot of people have but the way it manifests itself is very different because like you said everybody has a different starting point mm. like with Kisho's experience it got, it, got, it got to a point where he sort, started becoming one of the flock and starts mm. uh, integrating with everybody else and with you it's like you make an informed choice and say okay I know that I'm different. I am going to, I am always going to be this way. And therefore, it, I don't need to try and force myself to fit in somewhere where I don't actually belong. Because you don't want to erode whatever like personality or character that you have. And I get that. Like, There's nothing wrong with either, appro- either approach. There's no right way of doing this. But that just goes to show, you know, everybody's going to have a struggle with this at some point. Everybody's going to have a struggle with their identity or how they view themselves or and they will often a lot of people tend to question about the, what whether the decisions they made are right but at the end of the day we don't know because if you think about it there is also the possibility that if you had more friends you could have had more problems with them or you wouldn't have fit in or you'd have like questioned your identity it could be worse it could be better but at the end of the day i think it's about like being able to live with the choices you made and being able to accept that things can get better and like, you know, finding a way around that. Like, in your opinion, like, how would you say that? How how have you like, what have you taken from this whole experience and how would you say you've sort of dealt with it?
2: I don't think I've really dealt with the problem. I'm just... Okay, but how do you how do you
0: like go on day by day? like what what is your routine mainly?
2: There's no routine because like when aren't... you
0: have when you have these thoughts right, what happens after that?:
2: Ah, okay, okay. That, that's a more concrete question. Okay. Uh, it's just sometimes that randomly a thought just pops into my mind, like maybe I could be out with my friends doing something right this is uh, this is pre-mCO. this is pre-lockdown. And just think maybe I could be outside with a friend group or maybe I could be in the friend group of another friend that I have. Okay, trust, and Believe it or not, I have some friends. And those friends have their own friend groups and some of them I would like to join. And just sometimes I see them on social media posting about their outings and whatnot. I just think, man, it'd be nice to have friend group. Man, it'd be nice to go out and just goof off with people my age that I can actually talk to about shit and stuff. And then and then after that, I just swipe next and I just forget about it. Because I know that I'm never going to fit in. I haven't had any of their shared experience. And when people form their own friend groups, it's already a close group. There's, there's no more vacant positions for you to apply to the most you can ever do is be a passing guest. And and I'm okay with that, I guess. It's just uh like how Kisho accepts that he's ugly. And I just accept that I'm going to be friendless for now. Okay, a peerless, a, a groupless for now, I guess. I can have some friends like you guys, but I don't think I'll ever fit into a friend group where there's a dynamic that's already established
0: but at least like it's good that you have that hope
2: that since you
0: are able to make friends eventually you will get to a stage where you can establish friends because also bear in mind that like friendships at this age sometimes they last sometimes they don't and as like all of us here are still pretty young
2: there is a lot of time to develop those connections there is time, but the problem is not time. The problem is with myself. Because, okay, let's take me going to college, for example. Okay, I, I went there and there's nobody that I know and nobody knows each other. Because everybody is from different places. There's from Sabah, Sarawak, Penang, Perak, Johor, everywhere. And they just kind of formed their their own friend groups, you know. I I was... Uh, non-verbally invited to join one, but I didn't think I fit in with them. So I only go by, I just drop in for a chat now and then. When I see them together at school, it's like uh, when they're in the library studying for biology, I can sit in, ask them a few questions, joke about something with them, and then I just move on. I don't feel any obligations to stay they don't feel any obligations to ask me to stay, and I don't think maybe it's just my personal opinion, but I don't think I'm welcome in any friend groups at all because of the because of me being me, and I just accept that okay, but also like moving on from this,
0: what would you, like what are your hopes like what do you feel? needs to happen or could happen in order to make like your situation a lot better than it is hypothetically
2: hypothetically I would get a full full on full body surgery and then a better personality implant or the alternative would be conspiracy
1: theory shit you know
2: that yeah I mean this just replacing me with somebody else uh, but hypothetically I would be able to have a proper list of how I can actually improve and then I can work on it but well it's, at it's least kind of like, like you know you
0: there are th- mm-hmm. no but they're like there are things that you can improve but it yeah, could like, be as well that you really are in the wrong place I think right
1: you have to think of life as a story and your your arc now is that the character development arc, you know?
0: It's, it's kind of like... Later, some people have it early. Yeah, f- like, f-
1: it's, it it's kind of well. like ReZero, okay? Oh, like, no. <laughs> it's the standards that we bring <laughs> Here this we go up, again. every single... <laughs> yeah, like, it's a to tradition to bring up ReZero, but, like, it's like when Subaru grows from all of the experiences that he has, it's like, you have to face it head-on for you to actually learn from it and, like, if you do not metaphorically what the show is trying to tell you is like if you don't face and grow from your problem you can't move on you know it's not just facing your problem because that's not enough you have to grow from it that's when you actually move on you know Rezero teaches you that story so you have to apply the same concept here like you yes you have that list but you know you can't just face the problem and you know that's it you know ignore it or just use another form of escapism you actually have to delve deep into it find and formulate your opinions and then move on from it
2: you know but how many people actually have the mental strength to do that
1: yeah and that's the thing it's just whether you're ready or not to do that you know
2: it's that for me I think my my version of growth like I want to describe about Subaru is unconscious learning because When I was a kid, right, I didn't know how to interact with anybody. Now you see me in Form tree, I I can talk with people normally. Okay, that's one of the ways I've grown, I guess. I've graduated from not talking to people and just being a loner in general to actually having conversations and uh, activities that we can do in a friend group, okay? Even though I'm not part of it, but I can assimilate myself somewhat into that group and hopefully I can grow from that point into where I can actually establish a position in a dynamic. Yeah,
0: you
1: definitely can.
2: Yeah, we've seen your progress and as long as you're in control of your
0: own growth, anything can happen. The possibilities are endless and let's hope that the future brings better friendships, better relationships and just a better like Experience for you in general, I guess.
2: Okay, Richmond, you said you shared some common points with me earlier. I think let's start with your primary school. Okay, so common
0: points, huh? Because when you said you struggled to fit in, right? I kind of felt that in a similar sense, but I would say this kind of goes back to primary school, but to an some extent kindergarten as well, because okay, I'm going to like explain this from a very uh, Malaysian context. So I'll try to be more inclusive as I go on so that if you're listening from like overseas, you might understand the context. So I grew up in like an environment that was mostly mostly Chinese around me and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? So being like ethnically Indian, I would say that there is already an inherent difficulty in me fitting in but it's also due to the fact that I grew up mostly speaking English. So aside from that, aside from the personality differences I had with my friends, it was, I found it very difficult. I found communication especially difficult in like growing up because I felt that there was a stage where people would find me weird for speaking English in a certain way and having certain opinions on certain things. For example, like, I used to be that weird kid who in like in kindergarten who go up to you and say, hi, can I be your friend? That was just hopeless, man. Like, it's I felt crazy. that desperate. I felt that desperate to make friends that I thought I had to actively go and ask people to be my friend. That's and so of nice. course, you know the reaction you'd get from a, like a four-year-old or five-year-old. No, it's not, it's not what they depict on TV. It's just stone-cold anger. And they just look away and they think you're weird. So over time... This is this is where I share similarities with Kisho in a sense. Over time, I started thinking mm-hmm. maybe if I start talking more like them, maybe I start acting more like them, it might be easier to fit in. And for a time it did. It did actually help me talk to people, but I never had like a a solid friend group. And I also was not fully accepted. But instead, but like Venkat had the realization that he was already like an outcast. I didn't really have that realization. So I sort of thought that that was the way it was. And it sort of informed my interactions in like primary school and beyond. Like if even now, I think a lot of people who like talk to me regularly, you may notice that like to people that I'm not especially close with, I'm not very good at maintaining communication and uh, I'm not very good at like maintaining a friendship. So I don't have that many close friends. And right now, I wouldn't say I actually have a friend group. So yes, on the outside, it may look like I have a lot of of people to talk to. I may have a lot of friends. But the reality is I don't actually fit to any specific group. It gets to a problem where you you become so adaptable that you're able to assimilate to any kind of social setting that you're put in but you're not as 100% comfortable with it and you don't actually have somewhere where you belong and you feel like you're just drifting. In that sense, I can say I can relate to both of you in that sense. I don't know how you guys would view that.
1: From the perspective of fitting in, I think yes, your points are valid. From Ket's perspective, I don't know. Ket, what do you think?
2: This law, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's similar because... Because you really find it a hard time fitting in when you don't relate to them. There's literally nothing in common between you guys.
0: Mm -hmm. But the thing is,
2: there
1: is. There has always been something in common with people who are, you know, that social outcasts and people who think that they are alone. Right? Okay, even but, though they definitely okay. have someone here's, to
0: them. Here's where I have to interject, okay? Mm-hmm. Do, do people look at me and think, think of me as a social outcast from both of you who know me? No. No. That's the problem. <laughs> I can, that's I the tell, problem. That's a no. <laughs> because that's the thing. I'm in this weird position where... I look more like a social I, outcast. Yes, yeah, I feel like a social outcast, but on the outside, I don't look like a social outcast. And that's that paradox. I don't belong anywhere. But I am in many places.
2: And
1: that's Assumedly, very confusing. A lot of, that's exactly the same paradox that I have. Assumably, a lot of people know me. But I yes, always feel like
0: i belong. Diff- yeah, that, <laughs> I can agree with you on that. But I did have Rikyat's difficulties of fitting in at some point. And to an extent, uh, I still do. Because if any of you are college classmates are listening to this, yeah, I don't know what you probably think of this, but... I wouldn't say I'm especially close to any of my college classmates. Our relationships it's are to the extent review. of just our relationships <laughs> just to the extent of just saying hi, like, oh, what time you come into college, or like, what do you want to go eat? And that's literally it. And then mm-hmm. aside from talking about like homework, we have no communication outside of, of the classroom. And that was similar to how it was in primary school. Yes. In secondary school, it was a bit different for me because this may sound a bit sensitive to people. But oftentimes, right, people tend to mesh together. Either a because they were like previously in the same school, or they have like they've been together at some point, so they already know each other. Like when Kat says, "You're already locked into that friend group," or b you try to find similarities that help you mesh together as a friend group. In my case, instead of me being able to find people I can mesh with in secondary school, I was pushed into a group that not really a group, I was pushed into situations where I was like supposed to by right assimilate into based on my race and based on my how I look. And that made me feel at odds with who I was. And that was made it very difficult for me to actually understand who I was. Like like, honestly, right? I consider Form 1 for me like a wasted year because I feel like I really gained nothing from the experience. It's to a point where I felt like I was forced into friendships with people because of the class I was in and because of the people I have to deal with because I have tried to reach out to other people, but I guess you could say it's a combination of me not knowing how, well, how best to approach them, being like not wanting to look stupid in front of them and see just, like, just doubt about whether like I could actually fit in, like whether I have the necessary qualities in order to be a part of that group. And it's just like an ongoing debate in my head about each decision I need to make, whether I should be friends with a certain person or not, whether I should go out of my way, because my personality is that I'm not the kind of person who would go out of their way to do something unless I actually see there's like a real necessity to go and do so. So that's why you find like with a lot of people, like I'm friends with, I don't act act, with, aside from like a few people, I don't actively go and talk to people and start a conversation because i always have this lingering thought like like people might see like i have a different motive or they may not want to talk to me and i don't want to run that risk which is why i'm not very like
2: public or upfront with my interactions that i can relate to because it's just you don't know what's going on in their head and just assume the worst
1: i i i think that it's just the matter of Conforming to our own realities, and it's just a matter of when these realities will collide and coexist with one another because now we're coexisting with our own interpretation of our own realities with mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. rest of society right so it's the question of when when someone snaps is when that that uh, that uh, i don't know how to put this in a I I can't word this properly, but let's just imagine that there's like two different wires, you know? They both exist in the same circuit, but they are both connecting to different parts of the circuit, right? So when will there be a time where these two wires finally mesh together and the current is flowing in the same direction, you know? That's when we truly become okay in a sense, you
0: know? But that's also, in a sense, very hypothetical. And like, yes, even although this could happen, what happens until it happens, you know? Because Because I feel like I'm a person who... Like, I think maybe whether I've made this public or not before, I don't know, but I feel like even especially now, yeah, I know your typical pivot point, thanks to COVID, I suffer from a lot of anxiety due to a lot of reasons, I would say... Family pressure, exam stress, health issues, uh, thoughts about friendship, thoughts about the future, blah blah blah. There's there's a lot of things. I don't want to delve into that because that would take a, take up a lot of space, and it's a conversation for another day. But essentially, personally, I feel that for maybe like this can relate to people who have a who are like very busy or they have a lot of things to do. They don't have time for themselves, and I know that. I'm actively trying to make time for myself because you have to, it's important. But there comes a point where you think, if you always need time to sit down and reflect about what you're doing and you always need to keep affirming to yourself that what you're doing is right, at what point do you stop and just sort of accept it? Because oftentimes I feel that the only way forward is for me to internalize these thoughts. And I'm always like hoping to reach a point where I don't have to be thinking about anything. I can reach a point where I fulfilled all of my responsibilities for a set amount of time. So I'm able to figure out what I want to do to improve myself, what I want to do to get out of this rut that I would say I'm in and how I can like improve myself going forward. Because a lot of what I feel is, I know it's of course like it's not the best way of looking at things, but a lot of a lot of times I find myself trying to conform to what people think I should be, but also sometimes what I want people to view me as. Because sometimes I feel like, yes, people don't view me the way I'd like them to view me. And that's obviously something that you cannot change because sometimes you are born a certain way or you, your personalities were like developed a certain way. You have different shared experience and like you can't relate to people all the time. But it's just difficult to like reconcile that fact that you're going in the right direction Sometimes you feel like you may be doing things that people on the outside may seem as, oh, you're doing this the wrong way or like you're not doing this right or something is wrong with you. And it's very difficult to determine, is there actually something wrong with you? Or is it just, you're overthinking this, you're actually fine. Like don't succumb to peer pressure. It's very difficult to distinguish that because oftentimes people have pretty valid points.
1: Agreed. Definitely agreed.
0: It's like, how do I put this? It's like... Conforming st-
1: to any norm is not good.
0: You that's know? the thing. But if I were to conform to a certain norm that excludes me from a lot of other opportunities that I may not have, if I were to conform to a certain way, I feel that a lot of times I have to be... I have to please a lot of people with regards to my relationships mm-hmm. because everyone's different, okay? And sometimes, I feel, sometimes I'm in a situation where I feel like I don't have the right to be sensitive. I don't have the right to express how I really feel because in the end, I will be the one who gets shunned or gets dismissed because however I'm feeling and what I'm saying is not valid. Because I always feel like, oh, if, I, if something I feel maybe offensive to someone, I feel like I have to keep quiet. But I feel that a lot of people around me don't have that same thought process And I have to sometimes swallow what other people are saying. But when I'm in a different peer group, I have to force myself to have a different mindset because the one thing I crave is that acceptance because without that acceptance, that just adds an extra layer of burden on me. I don't know if like whether I'm rambling or whatever I'm saying is problematic or not. But I think that the main like TLDR from all of this is like, I feel like I don't fit in. I want to find a group, like a solid group of people where I can fit in and like share my emotions and be myself. But I feel like I'm at a stage where I can't afford to be myself because it's too problematic. If I were to actually be myself, I may be excluding myself from other friend groups. And the fact that I don't actually have an existing solid foundation to fall back on or a group of people to like support me, I don't have that that network yet. Like it feels like sometimes when I vent about my feelings, I go to a lot of different people to talk about different issues. And that's where it gets very difficult to like narrow it down to one base. So it feels like my emotions and my thoughts are all over the place, essentially.
2: I think a lot of people can relate to that on, uh, on a, on a, on, how, how do you say this? Edit out this part. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot can relate to you, on a on a level uh, on a certain level, because what 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 you just described is, what a lot of people are going through, but they don't really show it, so they fit in well and you know you don't see any problems with them uh, but maybe this is what is going through other people's head as well.
0: No, I agree. It's it's definitely more common than you think. But it's like, I think maybe some people might be able to understand if I put it this way. Let's say I, were to go, I was to go to someone I knew and, talk, and t- talk to them about a certain issue that I may be facing. And then they give you a response like, oh, but I always thought you were really strong. Like, I never thought you had any problems. Yeah. And that's just, it describes it perfectly. You put on a mask and you go on and face the world because you feel inside that you don't want to burden the world with their problems. But at the same time, when you view other people talking to other people, getting the help they need, getting the support you need, you wonder, how come I don't have that? And you start to question, what's lacking? What's missing? Why can't I have that same amount of support that other people are having? Because I also have my own issues and I also have my own problems, but I don't have that support network. And it's very difficult for me to determine who can be that support network for me. And also the fact that I really don't want to burden people with my problems unnecessarily, it gets to a point where I don't know like, what the limit is. So I just don't go out and express it. Like, even now when recording this podcast, I'm also in the back of my mind thinking about, is this too long? Have we rambled on too long? Like At what point do I stop talking about how I'm feeling? It's essentially, it's like a vicious cycle, you know? which is why I like, tend not to bring this uh, bring a lot of the things that I face up because I don't know how these feelings might reflect on other people. So, therefore, I just don't deal with them. And they just internalize them in my thoughts.
1: Yeah, it's just another form of escapism. Just like mm-hmm. gaming or uh, watching a movie uh, or uh, going it's through... That is a. I don't care what anyone says. That is one of the most healthiest ways to deal with your mental health problems. Escapism.
0: All agreed.
1: Definitely, you know, because just like what yet said, if you are not ready to face the problem, you need a way to delay it, and for you to take time and face it, you know, bit by bit, and escapism will always help you with that.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. No, essentially, you're right. Like, until I'm ready, what I try to do is, like, I try to occupy myself with a lot of things, yeah. like, like studying everything for exams, et cetera. Yes, exactly. But ultimately, right, I'm aware that eventually, like, I need to face the issues I'm having and try to break them down one by one and deal with them and try to fix everything that's going on in my life. Like, I know I've given a very general, like, overview of what this is. But essentially, I feel like you have to get to a point where you're stable enough. Because bear in mind, like, you also have to be in like a healthy frame of mind because sometimes if you're not feeding very well, your thoughts can deviate and they can go to very dangerous places. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need to be able to sit down and be able to think, okay, these are the problems I'm facing. There could be ways to solve it and try to take steps. If you feel that you can't deal with it, look for people who can help because there are professionals out there there are some friends that you can go to. Like, it's not entirely hopeless. Like, I'm aware of that. Like, the situations that I feel I face, like, you can change them. You can affect them in a certain way. But if you're not ready to do it, like, don't do it. It's fine. Like, whichever stage you're at at you're like mental health or in your development, it's perfectly normal and it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with you acting a certain way or trying to put off the problem or trying to solve it head on. Whichever way you take, it's okay. But you will get there in the end. The important thing is to have that perseverance to be able to see it through and to not like be swayed. I know it can be difficult. That's why mental health is a problem. If you really need help, like make sure you know your boundaries. It's like... When you reach a point where you feel like you can't take it anymore, then you really have to like tell someone, find someone to talk to, or go get professional help because it's really serious and it can affect your well being. Agreed. So I think, right, what generally we can take away from like all of this is that no matter how well you may seem, no matter how healthy you are, or how well put together you are, or maybe you're someone who, People can see as being depressed or someone who is sick or someone who has a problem. Everyone from all forks, from all walks of life has suffered with mental health at some point, whether they're aware of it or whether they're not because it affects us all. Our emotional well-being, it, it sort of defines the way we live. It defines, it's sort of like a guideline that we stick to and it's like a gauge of whether we're able to cope with the reality that we're facing or not. And it's very important to make sure that your mental well-being is all right. Like, I've come from a stage where I've thought that, like, worldly success, like, doing the best at whatever you're doing is the most important. But none of that matters if your mental health is not in the right place because everything can just come crashing down. Like Renkid said earlier, it can be, like, a heart attack. Like, you can get an aneurysm at any time or you can twist your ankle at any time and suddenly everything changes in a split second. So it's very important to keep your mental health in check. So, what I would say to end like to end this, like, as a general, like, piece of advice, always know that at whatever stage of your development you're at, you're doing great, you're doing fine, like, only you know your situation and only you can determine whether you're okay or not. Whatever you're going through is unique to you, only you will be going through that. And take, take pride in that, like, be... Great, be grateful. The fact that you're alive every day going through what you're going through is already an amazing achievement. But recognize that when, if it gets to a stage where it gets too hard for you to handle, there are people out there that can help you. Because like, scientifically, mental health is something that you can fix, you can work towards, to, and it can get better. So if it reaches a stage where you can't take it anymore, make sure you go out and get the required help. But also, if you feel like talking to people who you feel you're close to, just talk to them, share your feelings and be open with yourself about what you're going through. Accept that you have issues, accept that this is something you need to go through and work towards that growth. Even though it may not come now, it may not come in like five or 10 years or even longer than that. Always try to work towards, like always have that growth mindset. Things can get better and will get better as long as you stick to it.
2: Yeah, do you have anything to add? From my own experience, uh, I can affirm that what Rich Friend has been saying can be applied to almost everybody. There's literally no dictated starting point for anybody. There's only you and your own journey. Nobody can tell you where you're starting. Nobody can tell you whether you're doing bad, doing good. It's all up to yourself. You, you, can't, you can't really just base your own self-worth on others because nobody is running your life except yourself. Well, to add on to both of your points and
1: to wrap this all up, yes, uh, it's just yes. You should take care of yourself more. And how specifically? I think step one is escapism. Do not try and be afraid of escapism. Uh, It is a healthy form of dealing with your problems, no matter who or what uh, um, you read online or wherever you get your info from, right? Yeah, like escapism is always going to be a good thing for you. You know, it's just delaying the problem. It won't solve your problem. It will never solve your problem but it will delay it long enough for you to finally grow out of it, which is definitely a good thing. And secondly, yes, do take care of yourself. You know, like no matter how good you may seem, you are putting on a facade. Ask yourself the question, are you really, really good? If you can't answer that confidently, then do not say that you're good. You know, always be true to yourself and slowly move and grow towards that goal of being free from the shackles that are holding you back, you know? And with that being said, thank you all so much for listening to this episode, the Tundle Tip Podcast. We would like to thank Roland Kiat for coming back on and giving his insight about these topics. Also, uh, thank you all so much for all of the recent support that we've been getting, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Goodbye.